Honey, we cannot forget we have a public service obligation to say that, that getting married is a contract. But no one wants to talk Nobody about it. Nobody wants to talk about it. Everybody wants the fairy tale. Everybody thinks this is the destination. We're going to do this and everything's going to be perfect. And we're going to just check off the box. And you don't realize you're entering into this, this contractual agreement. I turned 50, y'all, and I started a podcast. Really, age is just a number. It comes down to how we choose to live and the choices we make in our life and those things accumulate. Don't let the programming of life keep you from doing things every single day that, that make you happy. When we feel good, it's easy to think good. Life is not happening to you. You are your life. You are happening to your life. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. In this episode, I have a conversation with Tatiana Britton. She's a personal trainer and a women's empowerment coach. Our conversation is loosely based around a book called Untrue, Why Nearly Everything We Believe About Women, Lust, and Infidelity is Wrong, and How the New Science Can Set Us Free by Wednesday Martin. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did and that you're making every day a good day to die. Hi, Tati. Hi. <laughs> Have you had a, have you had a busy day so far? It looks like it. Um, you know, yes, but no, because I didn't have I I got done an hour early with clients, but then went to my in office client. We were supposed to record another podcast. We're doing that on Monday, and then I had nice. to get all my con. I feel like when people see me on Instagram, I don't know, like that's like work for me. Like it's like content, so I had to do that. Oh no, I know that is all work. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I had to rush that out, and then. Now I don't have anything else after this besides online work. So, so you're, you're talking, you're talking a little bit about your work. So let's just introduce who the heck you are and how we know each other in the first place. So okay. Tati is my personal trainer and, uh, but she is, that's just the tip of the iceberg that is Tatiana. <laughs> um, but that is how we know each other is you were referred to me by a common, a mutual friend and a former client of yours and a friend of mine introduced us. And so we've been working together for over a year and a half. Yeah, is that crazy? A little, little over, about a year and a half. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, over a year and a half, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. But you, you have had your, so you've been, I mean, I don't want to describe, you, you describe yourself. You have your own <laughs> personal training, you have your own personal training business. Yes. Yes. That's the first, that's the first, that's the foundation of, of your thing. Yes. Go ahead and explain. How, how do you how do we explain build your empire? The world of Tati, which I actually, I'm glad I already did a podcast because the podcast I have with my, one of my clients, funny enough, I, when we had to introduce ourselves, I was so freaking awkward. I'm like, oh, I've, I'm, I, I do this and that's, that's all. I haven't really done much. So now I'm like, I'm ready to say what I do. So when you met me, I was still working at another facility. I was an employee of a place and I've now been full-time business owner for almost two years, which is crazy. Um, and yeah, I own my in-person small group training. I do online with you or virtual with you. And then I have my online coaching business. And I've been a personal trainer of, or fitness coach of some kind for almost seven years, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. I started mm -hmm. in college. And, and also, I love how you've described to me on a couple different occasions, we've talked about your educational background and the 
I, can you explain that? Because I really think it was a cool, um, course of study that you, you did. Um, can you explain that? Yes. So it's changed. I went to this tiny college, a D2 college in Emporia, Kansas, which if anyone watches this and listens and knows Emporia, Kansas, they need to talk to me because like I've had two clients who have known Emporia, but, um, I got a degree and it's changed a million names now. When I got the degree, it was, um, I don't even remember what it was called now, actually, because now it's called health and human performance or something like that. So it's basically exercise science with a corporate wellness focus. So we learn all the things of how to personal train, yada, 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 how to put people through workouts and what different modalities of exercise look like. And then I ended up doing an internship in corporate wellness. So I worked at a call center out here. So it's how to implement programming for employees. And then I ended up Obviously now I'm kind of more the personal training route, but yeah, so exercise science. And then I've gotten multiple certifications. So I have like my personal trainer cert, nutrition specialization, women's fitness specialization, and then I'm getting a corrective exercise specialization. And then we're going to go from there. So I love that. And when I say that your personal training business is like the tip of the Tati iceberg, it's mm -hmm. because... That really is just kind of your foundation and in my opinion, what you do every day, but really you've got all this other, these other layers of things that in the, in how you build your life and how you build your business and, and it's all kind of interconnected. But like, when I think of you, I think of, you know, first of all, you, you mentioned earlier, you do have your own podcast, which we're going to definitely you know, you know, you can, we want to talk about that at some point at the end of, you know, and you can explain tell people how to find you. Um, and then, but also I see you as this like bigger picture kind of growth mindset. I know you love to inspire and help and educate women. And so this is like part of your big picture. I don't, don't, I don't want to speak out of turn, but this is my kind of feeling about you as I have gotten to know you, this is what you do. Um, and you're up to so many things and you're always kind of looking like, how can I build upon this foundation of, of my business and my life? Because you really weave those, that philosophy into everything you do. And I know you've even also mentioned you're creating an event, you know, in January. So you're really up to all kinds of different things. And I personally like have gotten to know you over the last year and a half, you know, anybody with a personal trainer knows that they become like one of your best friends. Yeah. Isn't I mean, it a crazy relationship? Like you, you kind of love, but hate exercise. And then it's like, you hire me, but then we're like friends. Isn't it? Like, it's, it's, it's such a funny relationship. Me and my clients talk about it. Like they joke around and they're like, I like pay you to be my friend. And I'm like, well, you don't have to pay me to be your friend. Like I would be your friend if you didn't pay me, but it is such a unique relationship. But anyway, well, you, you, I spend three hours a week with you and we talk the whole time. I know. I love it. It's so you can't get really get away unless somebody, I'm, I'm sure you have some, maybe you have some clients that just don't like to talk and they just want to like get down to business. I don't really know, but uh, that's not, not so how, much anymore or, yeah. or if they want to get down to business, it's like, we may not talk a lot during the session. But before and after, like I know the ins and outs of pretty much the mm -hmm, entire life. Mm -hmm. So mixed bag, I guess. Well, what I really appreciated about you and um, and just to like f clarify the context, um, can I, you're what, 28? 
almost girl. 27. 27. 27? When's your birthday? When's your birthday? Third girl. November, November. Okay. So you're 27. (laughs) I think Ashley's also 27. My, my other, I think so. um, My other young, amazing friend, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm 50, I'm going to be 51. So, you know, and you and I have talked about this too, this whole idea of intergenerational um, friendships, you know, that we've been able to get to know each other and support each other and, and, you know, share all kinds of things with each other. And, and I mean, I will just say that I'm so inspired, you know, by you and learning so much. And and that's one of the, you know, I wanted to talk to you um, today. I mean, I could talk to you about a million things, but the one thing that really started a whole kind of area of learning sent me down a certain path this spring, you recommended a book to me mm-hmm. in one of our sessions. Yes. And um, the book was Untrue by Wednesday Martin. And you said a client referred you to the book or how, remind me how you yes. heard about so it. So I'm going to make my client listen to this. Um, and she, <laughs> like, girl, you gotta listen to this. But she referred the book to me and a funny story behind this too, which I think like we have to share is so first of all this client and i remind me a lot of you and i like you and her need to freaking meet but she her and i just vibe we're like on that same energetic level and we're just open about everything like we know the ins and outs of each other's lives and she referred this book to me and she was a part of a book club and they actually like they kicked her out of the book club for recommending this book when they looked up what it was about and so she no longer is in a book club because of that so she then so then she got kicked out, but she read the book anyway. Yep, read it anyway. And I I I'm trying to actually remember why we started talking about it. Oh, I know. I was talking about my current relationship at the time. That's what it was, which you know, I mean that's done now, but at the time they were just like saying <laughs> you're like, girl, I know. No, but <laughs> no, we should throw, throw some shade on here. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally all, kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> but um at the time there were just feelings and challenges and whatnot in that relationship. And she was just like, I really think you would like this book. And I think you're, you're more open to understand what this book is about and maybe understand why you feel the things you feel or you're experiencing the things you're experiencing or whatever else. And I I can't remember what else, but that was why at the time she recommended it to me, which I almost forgot why I was reading. Yeah. And then you recommended it to me and you know, I know you and I are both super interested in like growth. We have a growth mindset. We have a learning, a curiosity. It's like constant wanting to, you know, put new information and into our brains and grow and all these things. Dude, I buy books all the freaking time. And I know you buy books all the time too. But dude, I mean, I'm going to say dude 50 times. I have, (laughs) I have so many books that are sitting on my shelf that I have not read. Like I, Anyway, it's it's frustrating to me because I feel like I want to have this information. But my point of telling you is that this book, Untrue, was the first book I actually completed. You oh, know, I'll, I'll I start. Know that. I mean, the not the first book. Well, I'm sorry. Like right. I know the first book. <laughs> like recently, like recently, yeah. I finally c- finished this book. That's exciting. It is, and um, you know, I think. For, for, you know, I, I want to, this is kind of what I wanted to talk through a little bit because, um, is, is the subject matter of this book, um, because I, it, w- it made such a profound impact on me. And, um, I think it 
had a profound impact on you too. And I want to discuss like what were some of the things, because when you were telling me about it, you weren't like telling me anything specific. You're like, just read it. Like, yeah. like, you know, but I, so I don't really know actually like specifically what are the things that really, um, you know, were resonating with you at, in the moment, but just for our listeners, let me just read the synopsis of the book. It, it's called untrue. Why nearly everything we believe about women, lust and infidelity is wrong and how the new science can set us free. And, and it's written by Wednesday Martin. And I remember when you recommended it to me and I looked at the thing and I was like, it was about infidelity and monogamy. And I was just like, I remember just kind of in my brain kind of going, oh, okay, you know, another take <laughs> on like monogamy, uh -huh. you know, and infidelity. And I'm like, uh, like, I'm not really sure what this has to do with Tati. I'm not really sure what this has to do with me. And I, I still actually still believe that the book, the title and, and is, it's a little misleading um, mm. to really what the book, I think the message really is. But tell me what your impression was when you, and what was really like, you know, resonating with you in that moment, if you wouldn't mind sharing. Let's see. Like, I really have to actually think like so much. I'm like, oh my gosh, it almost feels like so long ago, almost like I was a totally different person, which I, which side note, I think that's, what's really cool about this book too, is I want to re, which we did the audiobook. I want to re-listen to it because I feel like it's also one of those books that when you're in different times of your life, yeah. you can understand yourself better. Yeah. And at that time I was definitely like, I wanted to know about things involving infidelity like systemically, is that more like female dominated, male dominated, um, feelings of like desire for other people, open relationships, just all of that. And looking at it now, hindsight, if that's the right term, I also know that I had those questions because I just wasn't in the right relationship for myself, but I'm so glad I had those questions because this book taught me, like you said, it's so much, it is a little misleading now that you mentioned that. And the more I talk about that, because this book is not really just about infidelity or non-monogamy or monogamy. It's like literally understanding yourself as a woman or as a female. Right. So yeah, you are kind of right. It is a little misleading. Yeah. I and I, I, yeah. And I wonder if she did that, like to just kind of like a little bit of attention grabber, a little salaciousness. I mean, you know, so yeah, I think that was actually a really great summary of, of what she does talk about in the book. But I think the bigger picture of the aha moment that I think the book really represents, for me at least, and you tell me if you agree, is that she reviews systematically not only the new science um, about women, but she reviews the old science. Yeah about women of of which all of societal's you know understanding and myths and knowings about who women are and what we want and what we like and what we feel and what we're made for all that old science how it really was not real yeah and that um and then she goes on to kind of like systematically show in the book the new science or even just reinterpreting reinterpreting science in a correct way to to show what's going on 
with women. And, and, and just as a side note, it's like this, I hear myself, you and I are, are women and we're like talking about having to read a book, you know, to like teach us or like crack our brain open about what it, what it can, what it can mean to be a woman. That is kind of crazy. Oh my gosh. That is actually really freaking crazy. Like we believe these myths. Yes. We think these myths are true. Or we like in this book too, I, I, I feel it's been a while. I feel like I remember. And I also like, I had read Esther Perel's book after. So they're kind of almost similar. So this could be from Esther Perel's book, but I'm pretty sure it's from this one where she talks about those feelings where you think something's wrong with you or you're like, maybe like the feelings I have, those are not what women should have or the things about me are not what women should have. I think she talks about that in that book, but yeah. Oh my gosh. Isn't that weird? Why do we have to read a book about our own selves? And it's all based off of because of what we're told we should do or feel or have Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, it's it, the main reason is, is because female sex, female and women's sexuality is not taught in schools. I don't even know about male sexuality or, or whatever. I'm not concerned about that right now. Okay. So I know that that's fine, but like, I do know for sure that I'm 50 years old and like, and I have a degree in psychology and, you know, not that, that, but I mean, we learned about the human body. We learned about the development of of the the sexual brain the sexual body you know and all of it and and um the development of maleness and femaleness and all of these things but i still it's like i feel like such a um you know just i don't know what the word is just without knowledge without so much knowledge about what it means to be a human you know a, a female human you know, yeah. a woman. And, um, and so it's so interesting to me, like a few years ago, I, I so somehow stumbled across the book, um, goddesses never age. And that would like book just yeah. like changed my life. And I'm like, Oh my God, all this information. And then you, you know, suggested this book to me and I was reading it going, yes, yes. Yeah. Like, it like, it just resonates so hard when like this doctor and the science is like backing up what you feel about yourself. And it, anyway, it's just, it's crazy to me that I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that you and, and other people are in my life to teach me, you know, and, and, and at the same time, it's kind of frustrating to be 50 years old and learning some of these things, but whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I so, know. so a couple of things you just mentioned that she talks about in the book is she talks a lot about like, monogamy, sexual fluidity. Um, she, you know, one thing she, she, a myth she talks about is that women need an, an emotional connection to have sex. Um, and, and that that's what we, we really require in order to, um, have or want a sexual relationship. Um, and what? Untrue. 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 That's one of the untruths. (laughs) But it's like, doesn't that feel freeing to be able to say that? And honestly, I feel like too, like you talking about how it takes you now as a 50 year old woman to like address those things or know that that's okay. Like talking with women of all kinds of different ages, 
how do I want to put this? Like, I feel like, okay, some women know, okay, I do need emotional connection, whatever else. But then the women who like, like to have sex or whatever, and they don't need an emotional connection. It's almost like, like they feel like something's wrong with them or they, they right. don't want to say it. And it's like, right. We're, I was going somewhere specifically with this, but, <laughs> but basically that's untrue. And I feel like, oh, this is what I was going to say. Women of all kinds of ages too, like kind of like beat around the bush about that. Mm. Or they kind of almost, this is what I was going to say. They kind of correct like, oh, I, I used to like, you know, just kind of like hook up or like they use words like slut or I like hoe around and da da. But then I had sex with like emotional meaning. So then it's not like hoeing around or being right. a slut. And it's like, okay, if you're having sex, you're having sex. Like that, right. that's what that is. And just because you have an emotional connection to this person and you don't have one with this person, either way, like number one, if you're not in a relationship with them, you're just having casual sex. And even if you are in a relationship, whether it's emotion or no emotion, you're having sex with someone right. that you're in a relationship with. And it's weird that as women, we have to feel like we justify having sex with emotion or that men think women have to have emotion. Like, let me just like digress here. Go, go. Like, Men who feel they have to lie to women in order to get some punani that, <laughs> that, oh, I like you. I'm really into you. Right. I really want to keep seeing you. Like, I'm really into this. Like, yeah, we're, I'm totally vibing. Da, 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 da. There are plenty of women, gentlemen, if anyone listens, any gentlemen listen to this or watch this, if you just want to have casual sex with a woman, talk to him about it. Chances are she's okay with that. Like not all women, like all women have to have an emotional connection and the ones that do will probably be honest with you. And by the way, Insane. how amazing is it? I think what women, at least what I would appreciate is just saying what you want. Mm -hmm. Like, like you don't have to manipulate me. Like, no. you know, just say what you want. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that some women would, might be offended and, and, and so maybe a man just says, I don't, I don't, I, my goal is to have sex with her. So I'm going to, I'm going to manipulate just so I can have sex, you know, so just so I, whatever. But in the big scheme of things, I think we all need to grow the hell up and like be able to be able to say what we want and what we mean and yes. be able to hear what other people want and what yes. people mean. And we're not always going to like what the other, but you know, um, but, but being, you know, being validated as a sexual being, you know, like being validated by a sex at being validated as a sexual being, um, you know, with, with what she says in the book and, and the science and stuff like that, it's like, okay, I do have these feelings, you know, and, um, and I, and that's okay, you know? I mean, it's, in my opinion, it's completely separate from quote, well, I don't even have to say quote, it's separate from morality. Morality is a whole subject over here. Being a sexual being is a whole nother thing over here. And, and yeah, there's times in lives when, when those things intersect and, and, and that's another conversation. That's why, that's the whole thing that kind of bugged me about the book when she kept talking about monogamy and women being unfaithful, because for me, and you and I have already talked about this, is that like, there's sexual desire, there's, there's sexual energy, there's sexual, um, you know, um, 
all of the things. And then there's what we decide to do with it. Right. And especially what we decide to do with it inside of a committed relationship. I mean, that's, that's like a whole nother subject. Just because we're capable of things doesn't mean, you know, emotionally and mentally we're going to do certain things. I mean, that's, that's a whole separate like issue. Um, but it, if it did feel very validating to be acknowledged as a, as, as, as a sexual being, you know, when reading the book as if, and then it's like, like, why do we need that validation? Like, who are we as women? It's so crazy to me. It is. And I never thought of that until you mentioned that in this podcast right now. It's like, really? We had to have this. I, I, I didn't, to be honest. I think I felt more like validated that, oh, like women have, have these feelings and that's normal. But I never thought about how wild it is that we have to like read a book mm-hmm. and see scientific evidence that it's normal. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that societal implications are stronger than scientific research. Is that not like that kind of blows my own freaking mind right now that we literally allow societal like expectations of us to outrule science or even just outrule how we feel inside our own body. It's insane. And I think, I, I think also with, even the like infidelity and what you act on and whatnot. I will say one thing that I liked about this book that they discussed about that is the desire from also women who want non-monogamy or the women who also are, do participate in infidelity, whether that's communicated or not, obviously communicated would be non-monogamy and then non-communicated would be infidelity. But I think it's important they talk about that too, because I think women who maybe have cheated or had been unfaithful or wanted to be in the open relationship and the husband doesn't, if they're in a, you know, a, what is that? A uh, poly- polyamory or op- just open. I don't know. Right. And I think too, like women are almost even more shamed than men. Men, it's like, oh, well, of course, they have sexual needs and desires. Right. They'll look elsewhere if they're getting that from their wife. But Absolutely. a woman who cheats, I mean, she's got to keep it in her pants. Why can she not keep her sex drive under control? And so even though it's, you know, even in this book, she talks about it. She's not condoning or saying whether her and her husband are in a non-monogamous mm. relationship or in a monogamous. She just says, here's what it is. I think that at least provides some clarity on if and when that does happen with a female. And like you said, almost provide that like validation that it's not, I don't want to say normal, but it kind of is. It's, it's, it's normal as, as human beings, right? Like we, we all universally have desires and, um, and I think every human's different that, you know, as far as the level and where they are in their life and everything, but it, it's not because we are women, you know, it's not that women, because they are women have less desire and less needs and less, you know, um, it's like men and women both, um, experience those types of things because I did believe, I really truly did believe that men were way more likely to cheat in relationships. And that men had, had way more of a need to have like novelty, um, and, you know, like multiple partners or, you know, just novelty in sex with their partner. Um, and it's just not true. It's just not true. Mm -hmm. And to be validated like that, but 
you know, um, I know in my, like I was married, I'm divorced now, as you know, and, and I was married for, I think I always, I think it was nine years. Um, and, um, for the last three years, you know, of our marriage, we, I mean, we didn't have sex and, um, and I remember my, um, I'm, I don't know why I'm talking quietly. <laughs> This is going to be broadcast everywhere. And I don't know. Um, well, but let me just tell you the secret. Um, <laughs> I didn't even notice. You didn't know the story? Is, that, is this not proof to our point? We're like, if I'm going to talk about my sexuality. Oh, right. Place, right. Because somebody might hear on this. Somebody broadcast. might hear. Like who's going to be, yeah. Who's going to judge me? Who's going to judge me? So, so this is, this is a good practice for me. I was married. Yes to somebody I loved, cared about very much. And we ended up in the last three years of our marriage. So the last 33% of our marriage, no sex. And, um, I had just taken my sexual desire and it wasn't for lack of want. Like I worked, worked at it for a while. Anyway, I took that sexual desire and I wrapped it up in a tiny little ball and I stuffed it down all the way down and just, um, I just thought, oh, you know, I, this is fine, you know? And I remember one of my, my very best girlfriends, she was like, are you, are you really fine? Are, are you really fine? Cause I don't think you're fine. Like, I don't think, you know, she was like, you're like a sexual being, you know, like, are you, and I go, yeah, no, but I, I, for me, and this is what the book helped me for me, it, there wasn't an option of cheating or infidelity for me it was i have married this person i have made a commitment and we are we have found ourselves in a sexless marriage and so i need to just like work i need to work it out you know i just need to just live within those parameters those parameters and um and ultimately i not and not just because of the lack of sex, there was other things going on in the marriage that were all intertwined that ultimately weren't going to work. But um, ultimately, I decided to to leave that marriage and and reclaim myself, and um, you know, and 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 th and then you know, I was able to really take on and and accept, you know, and embrace my my sexual beingness, you know. And that's, that's a whole nother, you know, story, but, um, the reading the book three years later, I was like, exactly, you know, like, um, there's a lot, she cites a lot of women in her, in her practice that she, and in her, and in her, um, in her research that she found that women were in happy marriages where they really loved their partner, but they had to express their sexual desire. So they would have these affairs. Um, but it had, it, you know, they, they didn't want to leave their husbands. And I think that's interesting how women, some women are solving for their problem. And then there were some women who negotiated open, open relationships, you know, um, but, but, but the bottom line is we are just as sexual beings as men, if not more, if we, it, it, and let know. me ask you too. Did you have any friends who were like, like any female friends, when you specify, who were like, oh, like, girl, you're lucky he's not asking you for sex or like assuming you're fine or maybe saying like they would love if their husband wasn't bothering them for sex. Did you have any friends like that or you any, know, I, think, I guess, people you would have opened up to? 
I I didn't tell hardly anyone. Um, no, that's true. Yeah, that's fair. But um, but there were two, there are two, there were two people that were close to me that just independently they shared with me um, that their kind of like annoyance of the mundaneness and the pedestrianness of their and the and the regularity and the just. The, yeah, the pedestrianness of of their sexual relationship with their husband, and I just remember going, "Oh God, shoot me now!" Like I just don't want that. I don't want that kind of, you know. I kind of, I, I, I think you're like me. I, I don't want anything in my life to be mediocre. And honestly, no. I mean, I just can't stand mediocrity. I can't. So it's either I was okay with nothing before I was going to be okay with mediocrity. That's for fucking sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, cause I, I want, that, I want this. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no. I was just going to say, I think like people just accept what it is. Cause it's like, number one, women, once again, even if they have desires, feel like they shouldn't or can't speak it, or they're just not in touch with their sexuality because they've never been allowed quote, quote to be, or I think we just like, we accept it as being like normal. And once again, like you said in the beginning of this, no one is communicating it. And that's what it comes down to. And so people just like, well, this is what it is. I'm like, okay, it is. And they get going through their like normal routines. And I'm like, I literally, a good day to die would be that day right. that I allow that. Right. So tell me, yes, but tell me <laughs> how you handle that. So you mentioned you were in a relationship, you were in a long term relationship. You're out of that relationship. You're you're now an single and um, a very very busy entrepreneur. So it's not like you're like in full dating mode, but you're you're single. And so, how are you navigating the communication? Like, are you like are you practicing like how do you tell talk, talk to me about like how you set the stage? Not just like sexually, but just anyway about your wants and needs and just what your expectations are when you're first kind of getting to know somebody. Well, I think it's tricky because I, I mean, you know, when I got into the dating world anyway, it's like you, depending on what relationship you had before, you almost kind of hinder little parts of you or you, I think something that happens and I think anyone can relate to this is when you're in a relationship for a long time, even if you are very communicative, if it's not the healthiest of relationships, you may be communicating, but you're not authentically communicating. So when I got out of that relationship, I had to learn how to actually communicate my needs and desires of whatever that was and to do so without walking on eggshells or tiptoeing or, you know, beating around the bush and saying it how they need to hear it. So now I'm honestly like, I'm just like, this is me. Here I am. And I, you know, I'm on right now I'm on dating apps, which is, you know, the thing. And when I'm talking to these people or whether I'm on the first date with them, or I'm kind of getting to know them before I even think if I want to go on a first date with them, it's just communicating like, Hey, how'd you find yourself on the app? Or, you know, once you kind of talk about that, like, what are, what are you looking for on this app? And you can gauge it from there. And I usually tell people like, I'm, you know, I'm honest. I got out of a relationship this year. I've been doing the healing work and I want to just show up authentically as I am. And I'm looking for something 
serious that would lead to something more permanent down the line, but I'm open to just showing up and meeting someone and seeing what happens. And then, I mean, I'm still fresh in all of that. So as far as like communicating other needs and desires deeper than that, we have yet to see, mm-hmm, we have yet mm-hmm. to see. But I feel actually very confident in if something comes up, I mean, I have my three deal breakers too. Um, I think everyone should at least have one deal breaker. Um, but I have my three deal breakers. Are you, and are you opening to, are you open to sharing them? Yeah. Let's hear it. So first one, which we're going to talk about today, they have to have faith. So I'm a woman of faith. They have to believe in God. Um, If they don't, it's just not going to work for me. Um, Second one is that they, which we're also going to talk about this. um, They can't want children. I don't mind if they have children um, because I do prefer older gentlemen, (laughs) Um, but they just, I, I don't want children. And that's something I will never compromise. And my third one in this stage of my life is, there, it's kind of like two in one, but like, you have to just like love my lifestyle. Like my doggos. I know that sounds silly, but you have to love my doggos and like how they're in my life and just the way, like my lifestyle of being an entrepreneur and being a dog mama, like you have to respect that. And you have to love those little freaking babies. Like they're your own. If you don't like my dogs, it's not going to work. I just, yeah. If you don't, if you don't, look at them with me. If I'm like, look at them and they're doing the same thing they were doing five minutes ago. If you can't even pretend to entertain it, it ain't going because they're my little, they're my life. But those are my three deal breakers. So I think as I kind of get more into the dating world and we communicate more and deeper things get brought up, I think it'll be easier because if any of those deeper things break those deal breakers, I'm not going to I'm not going to hesitate to communicate that. Other things, it's just something you learn along the way, I guess. So, as with so you know, any relationship, do you put thing. those those three things like in your profile or in your first couple of communications, like via text message, or do you talk about it on the first date, or do you, or is there some other methodology methodology that you impart that information to the person? Um, well, thankfully, dating apps kind of help. So. You can list your like religion or your beliefs. Um, so if I, number one, I hate when people put, I don't care if you're left or right, Democratic, Republican, I don't care. If you have your political beliefs in your bio, that's going to be a no go for me. It ain't that serious. So I don't, I, I hate it. I hate it. So I don't even look at that, but I do look at like, you can put religious beliefs. If they don't have anything up there, I'm not opposed to it. But typically like in that little bit of conversation that we have in the beginning, you're going to be able to tell very quickly. But if it says they're Christian, um, if it says like atheist, it's not going to work for me. So even if everything else checks out, says they don't have kids, they don't want kids, they are attractive and da da da. If it says they're atheists, it's that's gonna be a left mm-hmm. for me. It's gonna be a swipe. No. Um it also you can list like if you have kids, some people can choose to put if they do or don't want oh, kids. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't put that on my profile. Um but it usually just kind of comes up in conversation, especially if they already have why kids. don't you put that on your profile? Um I don't put it on my profile mainly because I feel like because I say I don't want children, maybe people who have children feel oh, like, I gotcha. you know, she's not going to like kids or she hates kids or she's a feminist. So I think it kind of puts that judgment across before I even get a you know, right. chance to explain. You don't want, um, you don't want to birth children, but you don't mind being a family friend of your hot boyfriend's kids. Exactly. Yes. And 
Yeah. And as long as I don't need to be a mother figure. That's what I mean. Either, not, so. not a stepmom. Yeah. A family friend. Yes. Yes. A family friend. older like boyfriend. That. Right. Yes. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. So I don't put that in there. Got you. That makes sense. That does make sense. So I was thinking, I was noodling this around the other day as I was thinking about this conversation. And, you know, I know that you um, are a woman of faith and a Christian and that also that you don't want kids. And, and I was just thinking, God, isn't that a tough combination? Because I was like, the guys that you, the guys that want an amazing, loving, beautiful, attractive Christian woman, you, aren't they going to want to have babies with you? Like, oh yeah. And have the whole thing, the traditional get married, have babies and buy a house. And yeah. So I mean, yeah, they do. I'm like, that's, that's a tall, I mean, I'm all for tall orders from the universe, girl. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's cute. I, like I'm, that. I mean, write that order, write it on up. But I mean, that is a tall mm -hmm. order because you want an amazing say, Christian man. You do. And aren't, I mean, like nine out of 10 of them, aren't they going to want babies? I will say yes and no. I think those men my age, absolutely. I think older men who have either already, you know, popped their little seed into other women and made little babies and they've done that. They don't want it. I mean, some, I mean, this is no offense to anybody, but I can't tell you though, how many men in their late forties, early fifties still want children. I'm like, it's time to get I know. it up. That ain't me. I ain't, I ain't here to help you. I know. But it's, it's, it's time to let it go. I, I, it's, it's mind blowing. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> but I will say it's less common with the older men, which is typically what I'm attracted to. I will also say too, and this is kind of where we were talking about our generational differences is even if, you know, I entertain a little bit of like a younger individual or someone who's closer to my age is also, I think lifestyles have changed. And I think the Christian community and the church community has changed. Like I've been listening to this sermon series and it's called relationship goals, which actually a guy that I recently went on a date with sent me this, which is like, okay, that's, that's cool. Good that's super cool. Goal. Yeah, super cute, good little match. Mm -hmm. um, but even this pastor who's super young and fun and takes a modern take on everything, but he even mentions like the difference of relationships and dating and marriage and how that looks. And he even mentioned in there too, like women and their expectation of having children. And he even says like there, God has a purpose for women who do not want children or do not have children. Like there is still a purpose for those women. And that's not something you used to hear in the church world. So I think that's evolving a little bit. Um, at least in my world, I'm also though, like I'm a Christian belief or non-denominational and other religions probably are still a little bit more traditional with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so let's dig into this a little bit more. So so you, you have this pastor who's saying women who don't have children have still have amazing purpose to their life. Do you think he's talking about women who can't have children or is he also talking about women who, who, you know, consciously decide not to have children and who are also sexually active? I would say this pastor 
he talks in this series too about like singleness and single women. And he even addresses women who or and men who are single in their thirties, forties, fifties. And he kind of addressed in this episode too, like older, older, meaning older than 20, because in the Christian, in the church world, it's like, you should be married in your twenties, which is insane. But anyway, um, he addresses people of all ages. And he even said that like, there's other purpose outside of that. So I, I didn't take that as just women who can't have children, but I took that also as women who like have just lived a different lifestyle or mm-hmm. path or maybe single and never married and they're in their forties or been married and divorced. He talks about that too. Um, as far as like sexually active, that's really where, that's where my faith and being a physiological female human being are very conflicting, even more so than being expected to get married or have children it's that sexuality and then the immorality in the Christian world. That is 100% where that never, it's always conflicting. It's conflicting inside of you? Um, kind of. I, I don't know. I guess I don't really have too much confliction about it now. Um, but growing up for sure, it was like, you were almost made to feel dirty and like really, really guilty if you even had a sexual thought or like did anything sexual. It was like you felt dirty and you felt bad. I don't have those feelings anymore at all because I'm comfortable in my relationship with God that I don't have that confliction. Um, But I would say as I get into a future relationship with a man of mm-hmm. faith, perhaps it could be conflicting. Um, and I don't know until I get there. I mean, I, the whole waiting till marriage to have sex. Okay. Y'all hello. Listening too late for your girl. Um, <laughs> we're, we're way past that. Sorry. You know what? I have a funny story real quick about that. My, my mom, she'll never listen to this. And even if she did, she's part of the story, but in high school, I signed this, this uh, purity covenant and we got a purity rose and I said I would not have sex till I was married. And my mom was telling me something because I was wilding out. She didn't know. I mean, she knew I was having sex, but we did not talk about that at my house. Um, and she said, Todd, look up here at this purity rose. And she pulls up this like dried ass like rose. It's all like crumpled. And I go, yeah, mom, it's dead for a reason. And my mom was like, she was not having it. My dad laughed, oh which I'm surprised. God. But yeah, so those days are gone. And I just, I don't know. I, I get why. Let's be real. Whether you are a Christian or you're not, we know why sex can be complicated. It's complicated. When you start to have a sexual relationship with someone, it changes the dynamic of everything. And as women, we put our value into having sex with someone sometimes subconsciously. Um, or we think once again, oh, we should have had an emotional connection. Now I have conflicting mm-hmm. feelings about being a woman and having casual sex. We can admit that there's a reason that having casual sex can propose issues. Right. And so in my religion, I get why God put that foundation. But also, yeah, I just that's always going to be something that I guess I battle with. And maybe I'll battle with with trying to date men in the future who are like, oh no, like I'm not going to have sex till I'm married. Or maybe they were married before and they're like, I'm not going to have sex till I'm married again. I I mean, maybe, 
I don't know. Or, or, or what about, do you ever worry about like, um, you're dating somebody, you really like them and, and they, you get to know them enough to where you think maybe they might have issue with your historical, you know, experience, um, you know, like maybe they're, um, like, like they think, oh, you've had too high of a sexual history, too much. Honestly, I don't worry about that mainly because if that, that's, that it's almost like a deal breaker, but not, it's not that serious for me. But if someone ever judges me off of that, or they can't talk about past experiences or past partners, I've been in those situations and it just, It doesn't work for me, especially because it goes back to like this book is about like the hypocrisy behind men being able to have all this, women not, or a man should have more partners than a woman always. And it's like, or it's natural or it's natural for a man to want to, to have sex. Um, if they're not married or in a committed relationship, it's way normal for a guy um, cause he's a guy with testosterone or whatever that means. I mean, I believe these things. I believe these things. So of course, of For course, sure. men are going to believe these things 10 times more, mm-hmm. you know, a hundred. I mean, um, 100%. one of the things that I, I am finding so interesting for, first of all, I just want to say, I love the order. I love the order that you're writing up for the universe because you are such an interesting person, an interesting combination of, uh, of, you know, features and, and, and just who you are as a human being is just so fascinating to me in this combination. It's such a unique combination. I've never met anybody with the combination you have. And, um, and I know that, you know, you're going to be calling in just some really, really interesting humans into your, into your sphere. Um, do you believe that you're going to find like someone and you'll spend the rest of your life with them? I do. I do believe I used to not believe in that. And I used to not want to get married. I do believe in that. Um, I do believe we have soulmates, multiple soulmates. I do believe in that, that serve different purposes Um, whether that soulmate is the one that you get married and you spend the rest of your life with, or if that soulmate is a missed relationship, but they served their purpose. And you, at that time, they were that soulmate or friendships, whatever. But no, I do believe, um, there's that one. I also think in terms of soulmates and the one, I think you can have multiple, the Mm -hmm. ones I think just because that one, like maybe you even speak from experience with your marriage, like that. At maybe at that time, obviously, like this is the one. And I think at that time they were the one. Um, and I, I don't think just because divorce is a thing or failed love or failed marriages are a thing that that's not possible. And it doesn't mean it couldn't have been possible for those two. But the, my my friend and I were just talking about timing's a bitch. Sometimes it's, a, it's, it's something like that. But no, I do believe in that. And I do want to get married. And I would love to get married one time. And if that's not in the cards for me, then mm-hmm. that's okay. What do you think the difference is between, like, if there's multiple soulmates, which I also believe, and, uh, you know, that there's, 
and really an infinite amount of, of experiences and, and soul, soul connections, soul connections. Um, you know, yes. and I can also tell you, you know, being at, you know, the at 50, you know, I have had so much life, you know, in so many, in different relationships. And, um, and, um, so I understand the different, different, there's multiple soul connections, but what do you think? I'm going to tell you what I think, but I'm curious to know what you think is the difference between, um, you know, the soul connection and your, and your marriage. What's the difference? Well, I think you can have serious soul connections and soulmates that you never marry. And I also think that you can be in a very successful marriage or an unsuccessful marriage that that person is not a soulmate. I think, I think someone can develop into a soulmate for you. I think of my ex relationship and he, what I don't believe in love at first sight, I've, maybe because I've never experienced it. I don't believe in it. Um, I would have never, he's not my type would have never gone for him. It was a very rocky beginning. And I do believe he was one of my soulmates. Like I had a connection with him. I've never had with anybody else and I have yet to experience with anybody else. Um, but we ain't getting married obviously. And I don't think had we gotten married, it would have been successful, but I don't think that takes away from him being a soulmate. And I also think maybe had we not felt that soulmate fire connection, but we would have gotten married that we couldn't have evolved into soulmates in the mm. marriage. Um, and I also think there are plenty of people who marry that have no soul mm -hmm. connection at all. So, so I think that's a really good point. And that's kind of my, where I was going with this is I think that a marriage is something you simply choose and that you can, and that you yeah. can, Ooh. and that you continue to choose every single day. And you choose it and yes. you choose it and you choose it again and again and again until if there's comes to a point where you decide you don't want to choose, choose it anymore, um, which is what happened with me. But I mean, I think that, you know, you can, you choose someone that you want to marry and then you, then you get to do the work of choosing each other for the rest of your life. Right. Um, yeah. and I don't know. I, um, having been married and I could have, I could have on one hand, I could have stayed on that timeline. Um, my husband was a good, is a good person. He's, he's a good person. Um, and, and you know, the, but I got to a point after being you know, connected with this person for 10 years that I decided I was not living, um, an expanded version of myself. I wasn't living like the fully expressed version of myself. And I think I had struggled inside of that marriage with him, you know, for many years, pleading, pleading and throwing anything I could at the wall to, you know, inspire, um, kind of the catalyst, you know, to, to, you know, um, you know, to make something magical out of what was becoming mundane and mediocre. And I, and again, I just, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't, I just can't stand to be in that space. And, um, 
Because I believe if you can see it, if you can want it, if you can know that it's possible that you that you ha- almost have a duty to to make that happen for yourself, you know, and um, and inside of a marriage, if if you know, you can only do so much on your own, right? And then you're you're so I I decided to you know eventually just choose myself and 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 choose that I jump you know I just like in a in a moment I jumped timelines and went down this other path. And I mean, I literally am living 180 degree different life than I was, you know, three years ago, like just 180 degrees. Do you feel that you cannot choose your soulmates? Like, do you feel like you can choose marriage and you can choose over and over? Do you feel that your soulmates are something you cannot choose? Right. I think so. Okay. So maybe like in that marriage, you were choosing the marriage over and over and over. Even, you know, when you said that last 33%, there was clearly that disconnect. But perhaps he wasn't your soulmate mm-hmm. and that's something you can't yep. choose. I think that might be right. I think that might be right. Yeah. And that's a, and that, that makes me think too, like, I don't know, I guess that also makes me think just also like religion wise is like, I think there's also this misconception in the church that you choose marriage and even if you're not happy, you choose it. And there are no valid reasons besides, you know, being in a really unsafe situation or infidelity that you were to leave Mm. a marriage. And I think that's evolving a little bit because it's like the quality, God wants Mm. you to have a quality marriage. God wants you to be with someone that feels like a soulmate. And so, you know, you talk about that right now, it just makes me think about too, like, yeah, those, I don't know where I'm going with this, but that you just saying that right now, I was like, wow, I guess it kind of changes even what I said earlier, where I feel like if you're in a marriage, you can turn that person into your soulmate. I take that back. I don't think you can. You can turn that person into a really great partner and someone you can fall in love with more and more. But yeah, I don't think you can turn them into a soulmate. Right. I, I, and, and, I here's, and here's my the statement. thing, like, I, I, I'm curious because we haven't really talked about you specifically wanting to be married like i am in, i'm interested to know that you you do want to find a life mate um and and have that experience and um and that that's super cool i mean for me you know at this point in my life you know i've had that experience and now i'm playing around with another concept i shouldn't say i'm playing around i'm deeply in love with my boy I'm deeply in love with my boyfriend (laughs) and I've created, we we've created a completely different experience, but it's based on this, this idea of what I call, I I didn't coin this, my, my, my podcast crush, Jessa Reed, uh, created this concept that I heard called open-handed love. And, um, and so I'm just practicing just like, loving and holding and admiring and experiencing and being in awe and, and, and gratitude and this open-handed, like total, you know, experience. Um, and I'm, and I'm resisting the urge to cling and, um, or to, or to secure, you know, and, um, and not because clinging or securing are inherently wrong or, or binding yourself together, you know, for the rest of your life is wrong. I've, or I have done that 
and um, mm -hmm. it didn't work for me, you know, and so I'm trying something else. And it's, it's, it's a weird experiment because you're doing it alongside another human being who's having their human experience. And, yeah. and so you're kind of playing with this, these concepts and these ideas. And, um, what I can tell you is, is I feel like every day is I'm kind of in this arena playing with this person not playing like to, to make our relationship casual and saying, I get right. to play with the juiciness of the energy that's unbound. And it's yes. very interesting to me. Um, now, having said that, when I was in my, from 25 to 33, or I, got, I did get married once briefly when I was 33, I was only married for two months. Did I tell you that before? I think we touched on it. I try, yeah, I try I not to count that marriage, but, um, yeah. we were literally <laughs> married like two months and then we got a divorce, but, um, my real marriage, we were together for almost 10 years. But what I was going to say is all through my late twenties, all through my thirties, I really just wanted to be married. I wanted, I really wanted to find my person. I wanted to work on something long-term together with somebody. I wanted, I, I wanted that, that binding, um, committed. And I believe I was a good wife. I was faithful. I was loving. I, you know, did everything I could for, for, for our marriage and for him. And, um, it's like, I did it. I checked the box and I, I, I was completely unfulfilled, completely unfulfilled. And, and that doesn't mean I, I, I know a ton of, uh, a lot of happy, happy marriages. I'm just saying for me, that was my experience. Right. And so, but I, I, I do, I can see, you know, for you, like I want, I want what you want for you, you know, cause I think, you know, you won't do what I did. You won't do what I did. Um, and, um, at least I hope you don't, I hope you'll, you know, choose somebody who I hope you'll choose somebody that wants to play with you and, you know, play inside of that committed relationship, you know, and, um, who is your soulmate and, but anyway, I'm just saying I've kind of done that and now I'm trying this and it's a complete timeline yes. jump from where I was. I flipped it to over here. And God, I mean, it's, it's so fucking interesting, you know? I think something that's very interesting about that, and maybe you can attest to it, is you, what's interesting is we talk about our generational differences and like our age gap and the way that we grew up societally. And what's interesting is how my generation is honestly not anti-marriage by any means, but we're, I mean, marriage rates and child rates are going down, or at least I don't know marriage rates are going down, but I do know marriage is happening later than it used to because of, you know, women in the workforce, desires changing, all of that. But it is interesting that you are in the generation you are in and you, it goes right back to this book. You still are, you did not accept that mediocre marriage and something in you is like, this is not for you. This isn't right for you, or this isn't right for me. And I wonder, you can even tell me, I wonder like, is that something maybe even you kind of have battled with internally or you do battle with internally where you are the age you are, maybe, you know, you've been married or even say you hadn't been. And now you're like, I don't, I'm okay with not getting married or 
I'm okay with having that less traditional look of what it looks like to be in love and to be in a committed relationship. Is that something that like you've felt inner conflict with, or maybe you felt judgment or lack of acceptance? Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel, I feel like I'm being, I have judgment on me because especially as I've been divorced twice and also just for getting divorced. I remember I was so scared to tell my brother that I was getting a divorce because, and, and, and true to form, when I told him, he goes, what are you talking about? You're, you're, you're kidding. And I'm like, no, he's like, why? In other words, like what possible re the subtext was, what is, what possible reason could you have Joanna that you need to get a divorce? Like, and I was just, I had to stand in my truth, honey. I just had to stand in my truth and be like, you know what? I'm not happy and I want to be happy. And guess what? That's enough. That is enough, you know? Um, and it's like expected that you just work through it. And that's what marriage is all about. And I, I refuse to accept that. I think there is points where, yeah, people don't try to work or they don't try to fix it or they don't communicate it. But I... Number one, I think 10 years yeah. is long enough to figure that out. But I also think, I just think that's an absolutely valid reason. And I think too, that's a generational and a Christianity thing is that that's not seen as a valid reason. Your happiness isn't supposed to matter. And Esther Perel talks about that in her State of Affairs book. And she talks about how that's changed generationally, how marriage before was to provide reproduction, security for the woman, working for the men, the woman serves a man mm -hmm. and how that's changed and how now marriage is seen as it's supposed, you're supposed to have a friend. You're supposed to have sexual intimacy, happiness, mm -hmm. all of that in one. And now that's like a valid reason. And, and sorry to cut you off, but I'm sure you have people from your generation who don't see that as valid. Right. I think, I think I surprise a lot of people who are my age, who've been married. You know, a lot of my friends, they've been married for 15, 20, 25 years. And you know, when I said, you know what, I'm going to leave this perfectly fine marriage with a wonderful man. I think people were like, holy shit. Like, you know, and then not only did I do that and I was like, I'm on. And I, I mean, I then just turned and walked right into the rest of my life and just, you know, I, I mean, I just, I started making my life my bitch. I was just like this, you know, I'm going to, life is going to happen for me now. I'm, I'm, you know, once, you know, I've talked about this before, once I cleared the space, once, once we all clear the space, it's a clearing, you clear the space and the universe just yes. brings in like a magnetic force. What is meant for you when you make a decision and then take the action, the universe comes to support you. The other thing I was going to say earlier is um, yeah. this idea of marriage and, and, you know, committing to forever. You know, I say, look, I'm 50 years old. I've never had a relationship that, that, that still is lasting to this day. So why would I think that marriage is necessarily yeah. going to work for me? Um, we, you know, you've heard of Abraham Hicks. Okay. One yes, of the things yes. you might have heard her in one of her audio recording re recordings, they say, um, hey, I, I like you pretty good. You know, I like you pretty good. Let's see how it goes. You know, like yeah, yeah. Um, she talks about marrying her husband and that, you know, she said, you know, the whole t till and she did mar 
she was married to him. Esther Hicks was married to her husband till he died. But the, her, the way she approached it was, hey, I like you pretty good. Let's see how it goes. Because this whole mm-hmm. taking for granted and just um, a- accepting you know, assuming that somebody's now going to stay with you, no matter what, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, no matter what you don't do, no, you know, like, um, this, this resignation can seep in, you know, but if you say, look, I like it pretty good. Let's see how it goes. Then every day is an adventure. Every day you're getting to choose, you know, how you show up in this relationship, you know, and it's fresh and it's new and it's not taken for granted. And that can be, that can be a life. You're not expecting this crazy, like magical thing of like eternity. You know, so it's, it's challenging. And then, you know, I'm in a relationship with somebody who's 13 years younger than me, who's never been married. So. And I, I will say too, I, I don't know if you know Jay Shetty, but he said, he said in one of his two, and I love this, he was talking about him and his wife have like weekly or monthly check-ins. Hey, how are you? Are you happy with how things are going? Are, do you see yourself continuing this? Are you happy? If things continue this way, would you, right. would you stay kind of thing? <laughs> and, and to your point too of like looking at the forever is I love how he's like, we just say, hey, I can't wait for one more year or one more month. He's like, instead of saying, I, you know, I can't wait for forever or for many, many, many more years. He goes, that's the problem is people are, are too busy looking at taking this to forever. He's like, you got to make sure you can get to next month or next week or next year. Like if you're not checking in with each other, that's a big ballsy move. He doesn't say it like that because he's much more chill than me, but a big ballsy move yeah. to say forever. Like y'all aren't even checking in with each other week by week. But also I wanted to ask you, so as far as your current relationship, is this something you guys both agree on? Has he always wanted marriage? Has he not wanted marriage? Has that evolved since meeting you? If you don't mind me asking. Um, we haven't talked about it. We haven't talked about it. Mm. And that's okay. I feel like also, like you said, you're, you're living in this open hand and you're like, I like, you know, I like you good or whatever she says. And you, I don't think it, it's bad that you haven't talked about it. I think some people are like, shouldn't you talk about that? But I think also, isn't that an exact reflection of what you're wanting. What is, what, what's an exact reflection? What? You not having right. to be like, what is this? And, and right. are we getting right. married? And, um, and you know, I, I, I love like my relationship. I love, I love everything about it. And it's like, why would I want to change anything? Now, if you were to come to me with a need, yeah. um, I would 100% entertain any conversation if he had a need. But right now it seems like neither one of us has a desire to have that kind of, um, conversation. We're both, I think we're both really on the same page and, um, you know, we've been in a relationship for two and a half years. So it does, but it doesn't, it's almost kind of, Oh, it's just, as we talk, this is how it is when you and I talk, like the weirder it almost is like, that we put so much pressure on getting married. I mean, even in this sermon I've been listening to, he's like, marriage is not the destination. He's like, if you see marriage as destination, you're not going to have a successful no, marriage. Exactly. And 
Yeah, because that's not the destination. And you even mentioned it earlier. Like when you say this is what you want for yourself, you're provided with that. And when you get married, a lot of times people don't show up in a way that they want for themselves. It's I got married. We're here. I've arrived. We're good. And it's almost more weird that we do that than it is that you guys haven't spoken. I think about that. I should say that you guys haven't spoken about that. You guys are so secure in your relationship. You've communicated the humans that you are and that you are committed to each other. And you, you communicate in ways that you, each of you, your needs are satisfied, not sexual needs that too, but like your needs as Mm -hmm. a person are satisfied that solidifying, are we going to get married or not? Isn't Mm -mm. necessary right now. So I don't think it's weird. I know people listening may, you know, think, oh, that should be something you communicate, but I don't think that's Well, and the thing is, is I definitely communicate everything that's important to me. I definitely am communicating all of, you know, everything that is, that is, um, you know, a deal breaker or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but because marriage is not one of them. Oh, but I do want to also talk, we were talking about like, you know, marriage and to, to not to marry and blah, 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 blah. But honey, we cannot forget, we have a public service obligation to say that, that getting married is a contract. It's a contract. Yes. And that no matter what you promise me, Tati, when you get married, you're going to have a prenuptial agreement. Oh, absolutely. Like I, I now, ever since listening to that girls get to yeah. eat podcast episode where they brought that person on, like the fact that I, we look at prenups as being this weird agreement, but yet we don't look at marriages as being an agreement, like, or a contract, I should say, like, if I'm going to get in a contract of a marriage, absolutely going to get a prenup. And I will look up the laws of my state in marriage. I don't even know the state laws of marriage in Arizona, not a single clue. And that's insane that I was in a relationship not that long ago, which actually it's been a long ass time ago, but it's not been a long ass time ago. And I saw myself marrying this person. I don't even know the state laws yeah. of marriage. I mean, I'll, is that insane? Yeah. And, but I think the most important thing, honestly, is this idea that when you get married and, um, in most States, when you get married, you, you act as one unit meaning your husband or the wife can go and sign for debt, get a credit card, get a car, buy a, um, buy a house in another state. They could have a whole another family in another state and you not know about it, but they've signed on to these, to this debt. Um, you're responsible. You, in most states, you're responsible for any debt. You know, it's, yes, of course it's the income too. It's a balance sheet. You know, it's, um, everything you owe and everything you own is co-shared by both people. And so it's like, let's just have a document that says, what what's yours is yours and what's mine is mine and anything that we grow together while we're married will will be split apart equally if we were divorced like it's not that complicated but no you know not. but but no one wants to talk nobody about wants it. to talk about it everybody wants the fairy tale everybody thinks this is the destination we're going to do this and everything's going to be perfect and we're going to just check off the box and you don't realize you're entering into this, this contractual agreement. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm very, very lucky that when I got a divorce, we had a completely amicable distrib- disbursement and distribution of assets and debt. And, um, 
you know, it was fine, but we, we were the, we were lucky, you know, like it's the, and not the norm, not the norm. So, um, you know, you, I just, that's the one thing is like, get married, get married, don't get married, you know, but don't, don't enter into the contract of marriage without reading the contract and revising the contract as needed. Right. I mean, yes. And that's almost why even sometimes I'm like, I want to get married. Right. But then also I'm like, well, that's the question. That's the question. That's what I want to know, Tati. That is the question. I know. I don't, I guess, I guess that's where my faith comes Uh in is because, you know, in the church, it's like, God wants you to be married. And, and it's not a, it's, I'm not one of those people that if I get married, then we're committed. And I know he's not going to cheat on me and I'm not going to cheat. I don't believe that because that's, that's just absolutely freaking ridiculous. All the statistics of infidelity show that's ridiculous. And I also don't want to be in a relationship where I feel like if I marry you, that's the only way I can get you to be tied down. That's just crazy for me. I'm not judging if people have gotten into marriages for that. That's just wild for me. But yeah, I don't know. That's like this weird, wild question. Like even when I was listening to Untrue and they talk about marriage and they talk about non-monogamy and monogamy and all of that stuff, I'm just like, yeah, what would be the difference if I'm with a man, we are committed to each other, we communicate, we have fun together, he's my soulmate, we have great sex, we believe in God, we have this great faith and this foundation, and even people who maybe want kids, you know, say I wanted children, we have a family, and yada, yada, yada. Besides, like, legal reasons or, like, hospital illness reasons, I mean, what is the difference? I don't know. I think it's psychological. I think... I think one of the answers is, is it's psychological. It's a feeling of security that you, you have this imaginary, you know, lasso around the two of you, um, that has bound you. And, um, I don't know. I, I just want to, I, where I am in my life, I want to play with being unbound. And now if, if my boyfriend has a need or a desire that that's something different and at some point he comes to me that I'm going to, I'm going to have a, we're going to have a conversation. But if, if, if we don't have, you know, as long as we're not entering that conversation, I'm good. You know, I mean, I've thought about it a lot. I mean, would I like to, you know, say this is my, my partner and I wear the ring, you know, and like, yeah, but like, I don't know. I just, I just don't, I don't know if, if the, if there's enough, I'm stretching myself right now, you know, I'm, I'm. Yeah. And it's, it's tricky. And I don't know, like, I'm not, I didn't even, I've never been, and it's probably because I do believe society has an implication on what young girls want. I didn't grow up watching a lot of the like Disney princess stuff. I didn't grow up with that. And I'm not one that I had this dream wedding. I would literally, I, when my ex and I talked, I wanted to go elope somewhere and have our parents and my sister. And that's it. Like, I don't want a big wedding because I know some women, that's another thing that comes with marriage is this this fantasizing about a wedding and their big day. And I don't even have that. I don't even want that. So yeah, I think it is that part of like that sacred knot that brings it all together. And for me, it's definitely, it's definitely, I'm, mine comes from 
being a woman of faith yeah. and that being, you know, not your expectation. I don't like that, but God's kind of like expectation or like foundation for you. But then also like God doesn't say, at least that I'm aware of, I'm not that well versed in the Bible, but doesn't say anywhere in the Bible about anything negative about not being married or never being married. Now, you know, sex outside of marriage, it's a whole other thing, but just mm -hmm. that in itself. So that once again is, yeah, it's like, what, what is. I, I do, I do believe that there is something very powerful uh, in the sacredness of ceremony, you yeah. know, that's the, true. That's I, true. I, 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 um, yeah. And, and just this, the, the, the process of ceremonially sealing your kind of love, does that have to be in a legally binding ceremony? Not necessarily, actually. You know what I mean? Um, That's what I was going to ask you, as you said, you know, what I like to say, this is my husband and my partner and wear the ring. Who's, I mean, what yeah. if you did do that and you didn't yeah. get legally married? Is that something you'd be like, oh, I like that? Or are you still like, no, I feel bad? I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I don't know the answer to that right now. I really don't. I think I'm, I think I'm yeah. open to anything and I'm enjoying just playing right now and the not knowing. And I like being in that energetic space, you know? And I like that you say playing mm -hmm. because I think that goes back to everything we're talking about too, is people see that as not taking someone seriously or not wanting commitment or just, you know, doing whatever you want. And that's, that's not true at all. You're in a committed relationship. You take him very mm -hmm. seriously. You're very happy and you're still playing mm -hmm. and having fun yeah. with love. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people don't put those two words together once again, also because I don't know, I think people also let the fun out of marriage, which maybe you have the upper hand on that. You don't have that I mean, every relationship has monotony, right. but you don't right. maybe have that stillness. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, this is what I love about our relationship is that we share this. One of the things I, I love is that we share this in common is that we're both really exploring unconventional ways to be in relationship or in partnership with others. And, you know, not just... Um, subscribing to the programming. I mean, you, you've obviously never been that way, um, which is so interesting to me, but um, I have, I have slowly <laughs> evolved, but um, you know, we're, 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 we're redefining for ourselves on an ongoing basis, what it means to be ourselves, but also in relationship with others and, you know, going against the mm -hmm. grain and um, taking risks and taking chances and being, you know, a early adopter of unconventional, um, relationships and it's, it's inspiring to be around you. And, um, and it, it, you know, it, it, it makes me even more emboldened to, you know, choose, choose the life that I'm choosing, you know? Yes. I, I appreciate you yes, so much. Absolutely. So, um, I think that's like a good stopping point. I don't know what you think, but I really want to talk about what, what you've got going on, what you want to share about your life. And, um, you're up to so many fun, cool things. What I want to talk about your podcast, <laughs> what you're, what that's about. And then anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think in the podcast I have is definitely 
I mean, we don't talk as much about all the psychological and society. Well, we kind of talk about the societal things, but yeah, I do have a podcast with, she is my injector, facial, hormonal health woman. She's amazing. Um, she's also my client. Her name is Dawn, but we have a podcast um, called Body, Sex, and Disconnect, which we actually talk a lot about that, just the disconnect a lot of us have with our sexual health, our bodies, um, whether that's hormonal, physical fitness, um, you know, women's sex drives, male sex drives, all of that. So we talk we talk about that weekly and we try to keep them short, little tiny blurbs. Um, but yeah, so we do that once a week. She's been on vacation, so we're starting our new series soon. And then I'm in the works with a women's event in January 2023. So I'll hold that here in Arizona. And I'm excited for that. And you're going to be a part of that, which is very exciting, which I'm so grateful for. Um, and then otherwise, I'm still just really continuing to build my online platform, my business as a whole. My online platform is very female oriented and I have a have an Embody 12 week transformation that's all about inside out wellness, you know, physical, mental, spiritual health. Um, and as far as where to find me, Body Sex Disconnect podcast um, on Instagram, I'm at Tatiana Britton or Better Body with Tati. You can find me with that. And Facebook is better body. And I'm going to put all of these links, every single one of them in the show notes um, so people can find you. And I, everyone, you should follow her on Instagram. Um, it's a nonstop inspirational um, exchange <laughs> and entertaining and thought thoughtful. And um, I appreciate you so much for number one, um, being my trainer and being in my life and being my friend and, and for having this conversation with me. Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. I was so honored that you Yay. asked me to be on this. So thank you. I'm literally like, oh my gosh, Joanna, I was so pumped when you said you're doing your podcast. I'm like, she wants me to be on it. So thank you. And I'm so I'm so grateful I got to know you. And I, I forget how we even met each other or started working together. And so we're we're grateful for who yes. the person who brought us together, which if she listens to this, she knows who she is. Yeah. I can't say her name publicly, but all right, my darling. Thank you so much. Have an awesome evening. Thank you. I'll, oh, I'll you see you well. in the morning. You will see me in the morning for your yes. workout. Well, yes. we got to talk about yes. that. For your I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Let's work some booty. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay, honey. Bye.